This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Welcome back to the Paddle and Fin Podcast Network. We're brought to you by Yak Gadget. For all your kayak fishing accessory needs, go to yakgadget.com. Pelican cases, coolers, and lighting. Go to pelican.com. The 153 Bait Company. For all your hard and soft bait needs, go to the153anglers.com. Now let's get this show started. Hi everyone, welcome back to the Mindset Podcast. I'm your host Chris Slifka, and before yeah, and before we get into today's guest, I wanted to make a few announcements. Uh, first, you gotta sign up for the fantasy fishing on the Paddle and Fin Network. I know I still gotta sign up. I missed the first event. I need to get in before this Lake Fork event starts. And then also, we'll be down on April 1st, 2nd, and 3rd. I believe the tournament's 2nd and 3rd at Dale Hollow um, at Eastport Marina. So we'll be down there. Entry is $80. If you get in before March 1st, you get free printer camping. And, yeah, I believe we... Checked all the boxes there, and we're going to bring in our guest, Brian Schiller, who was just down at Kissimmee. How you doing, Brian? What up, brother? How you doing, man? I'm doing good. Um, so, like I was telling everybody, you were just down at Kissimmee at a hard tournament. You know, you went down there to escape the tundra, <laughs> and it, it kind of followed you down there. I- I'm blaming it on the Northeast guys. Like yeah. they, they had uh, way worse weather coming down there uh, than than I did. So, um, yeah, it did kind of follow down there. Some heavy winds. Um, you know, they what was it? I think the news said it was like 
that weekend was the coldest it had been in Florida in four or five years now or something. So, um, yeah, definitely wasn't ideal conditions. Yeah, I, I get that. <laughs> I, I heard a, a couple uh, – I heard you on the OG show before you guys. It was like probably around practice time, I would say. Yeah. And then I heard you on the fantasy uh, – fishing podcast that you and dan do afterwards yeah and before you guys weren't even thinking about fishing the tournament because the weather (laughs) yeah yeah that was why we were down there like because uh i was uh bunked up with uh jimmy skinner and um you know we were kind of we did the og show live from down there and jay was back at home and you know it's like man do we like bail on this and like go down south and uh, see uh, our man Nicholas Beltran and go try catching some peacocks or something like that. Like, you know, but I committed, you know, like this is uh, this year KBF brought the pro tour back. So, um, you know, uh, one thing I had to do if they brought it back was, was fish a couple of the events, kind of see how it goes. And, uh, you know, I had talked about it on previous podcasts, like Chicago Fishing Show usually overlaps at Kissimmee events. So um, this year, Chicago Fishing Show got canceled. So I was like, let's go, you know, because if not, I'd be heading to Fork right now. Like that was my plan originally was to, you know, go to Lake Fork, fish the bass event. I was going to kind of focus on bass events, but, um, you know, I was like, ah, you know, 10 Vitational, I'm, I'm eligible to fish that. So why not just go to Kissimmee? I mean, who doesn't want to fish Florida in January when you're from, you know, the frozen north? And uh, so I, uh, you know, just uh, decided to, you know, go ahead, go for it. And uh, unfortunately, the weather didn't participate. Yeah. I mean, that kind of, that hurts, though. To go down there knowing it's normally 70 to 80 degrees on average and then have that have. <laughs> well, they, and that's the thing, right? Like, they had a cold snap come through the week before, and then it warmed up, and it was like some mid-70s, you know, high 60s. Like, pre-fishing, I got down there Wednesday afternoon. I got there at noon Wednesday. And I think it got up to like 68, 69 degrees then. Thursday, Friday got up in like right around 70. And then bam, tournament day, temperature drops. And I think it was like mid 30s. But the wind was the big crucial factor for day one was, uh, you know, 20 to 25 mile an hour winds with up to 40 mile an hour gust, which, you know, can get pretty nautical if you're out on the main lake so yeah i mean i've florida's something i've always wanted to go fish and uh i know that's one of the reasons jimmy went down there so i mean i have no clue other than like what it looks like down there other than seeing videos and everything but well and that that was one thing right like i'm huge into doing research and looking at at lakes before i go to them if i've never been there before and uh i got a good friend of mine up this way um who used to kind of live down that way 
and he's got a bunch of buddies that live down that way. And I said, you know, what should I be looking for? And he said, I'll tell you right now, the biggest problem with the Kissimmee chain is everything looks good. And like, I was like, yeah, okay. You know, like I, I get that. And then like, I got there and I was like, everything looks good. Like everything. (laughs) So it was, it was, it was really hard. Like, cause you'd have to fish through areas to see if there was any fish there. Uh, I mean, like you're talking like lily pads, Kissimmee grass, reeds, um, you know, like combination of all the above or isolated, you know, lily pad patches or isolated Kissimmee grass patches. Like, um, there was rock, there was, there was timber brush in the, in the water. And like, you'd have to fish through all that stuff. And like, you'd fish all that stuff, wouldn't find a fish. And then you go to a different area and fish the same stuff and you would find fish. So it was like really weird. Yeah. I mean, I feel like Florida and California are very similar in that aspect of like, at least they're the ones, the lakes that are talked about. Where... See, I, I don't know about that though. Right. Cause like I, I watched, you know, like we were talking about, you were just watching a Greg <laughs> Blanchard video, you know, like, I look at his videos and you could see those defined differences, like where the grass is or the hydrilla or where the rocks are. I mean, some of those reservoirs, yeah, like it's, it's a lot of depth changes and stuff, but if you look for the gravel or the rock, it seems like you would find them out there. And again, I've never fished California, but you know, just from what I've seen, I would, I would think that now in Florida, you had like, the whole lake looks like that. Like there's no open water. It's all grass, you know, like, and don't get me wrong. There is some open water, but I'm talking like hundreds of yards, even like some points I bet, like I know down on the South side of Kissimmee, me and Jimmy went down there one day to pre-fish. And I think from one side of the lake to the other, which is probably a mile, it's all grass and pads and the stuff I'm talking about. So it's just like, where, where do you start? And, and and not only that, but like um, you'll hear too, like a lot of those lakes down there are big flats or big like bowls almost. Like yeah, that's what you hear no, about Okeechobee all the time. Yeah, yeah. There's no like really defined like points or things like that. Like there is some of that on Kissimmee and there was one spot I had eyed on the map, but there was no close ramp to get there. Like it, and if I would have went there tournament day, I'd probably be swimming in the middle of Kissimmee right now. Like, cause I would have had to roll through some of that stuff. Um, but the closest ramp I think was like three miles, four miles from that spot I wanted to look at where it was a point, there was some transition that was like shallow water, close to deep water, um, a lot of grass. And like, that's a lot of the stuff that they tell you to look for. But, um, you know, it's, it's, it's tough, man. Like you get out there and you're just like, you got to just start pitching through this grass and these mats and, and just try to find where schools of fish are huddled up at. Yeah. Well, it's, how long has it been since your last tournament? Oh, shit. Well, (laughs) 
I mean, <laughs> last year I did like jump into the uh, uh, the team tournament at that uh, Paddle and Finn hosted down at Dale Hollow, but I was just fun fishing and participating, uh, just donate money and uh, drive up, you know, the prize pool for for the other folks fishing. Um, I mean, like serious tournament where I like really took it serious was geez it was probably like 2019 no i think i fished one in 2020 uh one of the wisconsin clubs um i think i fished a tournament up on fox lake and i think that was in 2020 so i'm pretty sure covid was going down then so that was probably the last like serious tournament i did and i think i took like I think it was like seventh or eighth out of like 38 guys or something like that. Yeah. How did it feel to be back? Well, pre-fishing wise. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, you know, it's funny. Like me and Jimmy had a lot of conversations about it. Like um, I was trying to treat it as I'm just down here to have fun and fish. Whereas before I was like, Back in the day, I used to be just like super laser focused on like just oh, I got to win, I got to get angler or the AOI points and stuff like that. And that, and I've talked about this on the podcast, and I think I even mentioned this on the last show I did with you. Like mm-hmm. that really mentally uh, messed with me, and it, like it made fishing not fun. It it uh, made me stop fishing and focused on those other things, and. To me, that's not what it's all about. You know what I mean? Um, so I went down there with the mindset that, like, you know, I'm just going to go down here, have fun. If I get a good finish, great. If not, oh, well, I got to come down and fish open water in January uh, while at home is a frozen tundra. So I, I kind of had a more relaxed approach to it. Like, you know, that day one when the winds were ridiculous and like i thought my spot would be predicted or protected from like what they were predicting the winds would be but they were more out of the like north northeast rather than the northwest so it blew my spot out and uh you know basically i was like pre-fishing during the tournament which um you know i had fished some of these areas that i ended up fishing during the tournament and you know, I caught one fish and, you know, at the end of the day, I was like, oh, well, like I caught a fish. And when I went, me and Jimmy were like looking at the standings, like, and saw like half the field zeroed only like 24, 25 limits or whatever it was, man. Um, Cause I don't know if that was the official, but when we looked at it, it was like 24 or 25 limits were caught. And I was just like, well, I guess I did did okay for catching a fish you know like a lot of people had had to retreat from those spots they had not only in like the areas i was fishing like but other areas across the chain and uh i know um one of my yak edge teammates uh michael daughtry was down there and he's like you know uh looks like you had a rough day too you know sent me a message and i was like yeah it wasn't great you know like was what it was in uh one of my new canoe teammates uh buzz byerline like he he's from florida and i saw him uh we went up and pre-fished on lake gentry the one day 
uh, before the, the day before the tournament, and I saw him at the ramp, and I'm like, "How are you doing? Are you catching him?" He's like, "I still can't figure it out up here. Like, I don't get it." He's from a little further southern South Florida, but he's like, "I'm struggling too, man. Like, I don't, I don't know." And and that was a consensus in Kissimmee on social media, all that stuff. Like, you were seeing that. Like, it it wasn't just us that was struggling. It was it was everybody as a whole. <laughs> There were some guys that were on them. Um, some guys just have the magical touch, like Guillermo Gonzalez flies in, didn't even plan to fish the tournament, gets on a stand-up paddleboard and smokes us all, you know? So, like, you know, I guess when you got the hands of God holding your fishing rod, <laughs> like, you know, what are you going to do? But, uh, yeah. yeah, it was brutal. It, it was brutal overall, but, like, at the end of the day, like, I look at it and, like, even like I came back early, I skipped day two um, just because I saw the temperatures were going to be worse. And, you know, like me and Jimmy were talking after day one, and I'm like, do I really want to do this again tomorrow? Like, it's going to be even colder. It's going to be even worse. Everybody knows usually with those cold temps, like Florida fish typically shut down. So I'm like, I could fish that tomorrow or i could pack up the truck leave tonight be home tomorrow save a vacation day for later on in the season um and uh and not freeze my butt off and catch no fish tomorrow <laughs> yeah so, I get I mean, you there. It, it, it's one of those things like i get it because like back in the day when i used to run the tournament stuff pretty hard like i had my own business so like i could pick up and leave whenever i wanted which was great um i made a career change in 2020 the 2020 yeah 2020 i think it was uh maybe it was 2021 but um no it's 2020 made a career change and you know now i got limited time off you know i only get three weeks a year so um I got to pick and choose what I want to do. Right. So like, you know, yeah, I could have stayed maybe won that trail series number two, but I had no shot at the pro series, the 10 invitational, you know, those things. But, um, yeah, I could have had a shot at trail number two, but on the flip side, it's like, let's be real with myself. Right. Like, yeah. Uh, at that point, you're, for me, at that point, I would be fighting for Angler of the Year points. Yeah, I mean, which... in that type of tournament environment. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what everybody wants, right? AOI points, especially in KBF, because look at the ten. You know, if you end up in the top ten, you you get invited to this one of the most prestigious events in kayak bass fishing, and. Um, you know, that'd be great. Um, but not only that, but like you said, AOI points in the pro series, like, cause they're making it from this year forward. Um, you got to qualify for, uh, to, to be eligible to fish the pro series through your finish or ranking in, in that pro tour and, or the trail series. So, you know, it's like, I, I already bombed out on that pretty much. So, you know, what's the point? Let's, let's save a day, put it towards another tournament later in the season and, you know, make up for it and have a way better finish. 
Yeah, I agree there. So, um, so you only ended up with one fish on Saturday? Yeah, one fish. One right. sixteen and a half. Monster. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I was asking because when I looked at the I looked at the standings Sunday, Sunday night, and it said you had three. Okay. It said you had thirty one inches. That's why I was kind of when you're like I only caught one fish. I was kind of confused. So I don't know if that's uh, weird. I don't know if fishing chaos has something wrong, but it, it, that's weird <laughs> that you say that because. Um... <laughs> I know in my email it showed that uh, that like um, like three separate emails saying my fish was accepted, but I only sent it submitted it once. So that's weird. I'm I'm gonna pull it up right now while we're yeah. talking. But yeah, I only had one sixteen and a half fish, um, and that was the thing too, right? Like that day one, there was a big boat tournament going on as well. And it was funny, like me and Jimmy were in this channel that connects Hatchahaw to Kissimmee. And we saw these two smaller boats go by and we're like, they'll be back soon, you know, because they were heading to Kissimmee where like the wind was raging and the waves were ridiculous. And uh, sure enough, dude, they came flying back by like 10 minutes later. And uh, it was kind of kind of funny. But, uh, you know, what do you? What are you going to do? Um... Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, Check out MidwayUSA.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Got your happy price, Priceline. But, so uh, you, go ahead. Do you feel like you guys were limited to spaces because of the weather? Versus if you were going down there and it was just a normal kind of conditions? Yeah, so, um, there was, uh, um, there was a lot of other kayakers that launched where we were. Some of them went up to Hatchaha. Some of them went down to Kissimmee. So, like, when the wind kicked up and it was bad, um, we uh, we all ended up back at the marina where we launched, and everybody was fishing docks and the shoreline and stuff like that. So, like, at one point, there was probably 10 or 15 kayaks up in the marina, and then there was probably another 10, you know, fishing boats as well. And, uh, yeah, it, it was rough, man. It was really rough. And you were, you were, you know, battling against that. So I'm looking at the standings right now. There was uh, 27 limits caught. 
And then Josh Stewart was in 28th place with four fish. Oh, somebody was below him with five. Another five. So maybe there was way more limits caught than that. There's one with just four. A lot, just a lot smaller fish. Yeah, so there might have been... Uh, there might have been like 30 limits, but out of 150 entries, that's pretty pretty bad. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I mean, Florida can, uh, like from even like the Elite Series guys, there's guys who go down there every year and struggle. You know, it's it's one of those hit or miss uh, type of places, I feel like. At least yeah. from what, what I hear from everybody who fishes it. Interesting. And... Interesting. Yeah, I, I mean, it's it's... It's very unique down there, man. Like, not gonna lie, like I, I was uh, kind of surprised, and but I, I'm glad I did it. Like, I've fished in Florida before, um, and uh, it was on uh, Lake Tarpon, which is kind of over on the on the Gulf side almost, and. Uh, that was like way back in the day i think it was like 19 and uh yeah it was a good time got a huge bass down there was with my old man and uh my brother so it was it was super cool but um yeah I, other than that yeah it is showing that uh i only caught one 16 and a half fish and out of 100 a... out of 150 people i would ended up ranked 81st so i mean if that says anything like out of 150 you catch one 16 and a half fish and you're basically middle of the pack um so yeah but um but yeah man i mean like i said man it's all about the experience that's what you got to treat it as um you know i'm i'm not like nowadays i'm not like super like laser focused on like you know i gotta i gotta win i gotta you know win aoi i gotta be the angler of the year whatever like when i I had a conversation with my father who's like my biggest fan right and uh you know even my wife and and some of my close friends you know i'm like what do i have to prove like I've proven before, like I can compete at those levels, like go out, have a good finish, show up to a lake I've never been to, put a limit together and, uh, you know, end up in the top 10 consistently. Like, so, you know, what's the difference? Like, who am I competing against myself? Like entering tournaments? Um, I'm the type of guy though, that likes to travel around and go to new places and fish new bodies of water and try to figure those fish out. So why not have fun doing it rather than having that pressure of tournament, you know, like got to win, like, cause I just put up 600 bucks to enter in a weekend full of tournaments. You know what I mean? So I don't know, man, like it's something I like to do for fun. And like when me and Jimmy talked at the beginning of the year, like, uh about fishing some tournaments like you know let's let's do like one or two kbfs one or two bass uh maybe some all-american kayak series well, that's the and, one i'm looking into this year yeah i mean you know i'd love to fish a hobie event but like i said like i, I, I like i'm a motor. fat i'm a fat lazy <laughs> guy and i like to use motors like i do too 
Sorry, Hobie. Like, <laughs> and, and it sucks because, like, what AJ does and, and the whole Hobie event, man, it's uh, it's amazing. And um, they, they put together a really great trail and series. But, unfortunately, like, it doesn't follow my guidelines. So, whatever. It is what it is. So, um, you know, but um, we kind of looked at that, like, let's go fish all these, man. And then, like, like Jimmy does a reel down, which is tournament focus. So now, like, he can be like, yeah, I fished an All-American, and I know all about it, man. Those guys run a great event. Like, this is why I like it, blah, 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 blah. You know, same thing with KBF or, or, or going and fishing a Hobie event. Like, you know, they're all different and unique in their own aspects. And I don't think anyone's better than the other. I think they all do a great job. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, I think it's personal preference and, like, tri- yeah. like I'm looking more into the All-American this year just because it's closer. Sure, sure. You know. Well, and that's the thing, too, right? Like, I've talked about it on my show. Like, the Midwest got fucked this year, you know? Yeah, because I, mean? like, I wanted to do... I was trying to make make my schedule to fish just all the bass events okay. this year. Yeah, yeah. None and of then, them are close. And none of them are close. I have to drive at least 10 to 15 hours every yeah. single one of them. Yeah. And uh, there's a couple weddings I have this year that I have to go to that also drop on some of their dates. So it's like it, there was too much uh, conflict with it. <laughs> yeah, it is what it is, man. Uh, you know, it's uh... <laughs> you know, I mean, because it's it's like the the elite guys. I understand you could drive fifteen hours, but you have a chance at a hundred grand. We only have a chance at a couple thousand if we're lucky. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and that's the thing, though, right? Like, you know, talking about all the different trails, like, you look at some of the best anglers in in the kayak fishing game, they fish all of them. Like, you will see a guy or a gal here or there that will only fish bass or only fish Hobie or only fish KBF. But, like, for the most part, everybody fishes all of them if they're going to a lake that they like or or a lake that they would like to fish, you know, or or all the above. Um, So, I mean... Like I said, man, they all have their highs and their lows, their perks, their downfalls. Like, um, I mean, I I had no qualms or issues with uh, the way the KBF event went this past weekend. And, uh, you know, back in 2019, I kind of had a sour taste in my mouth about KBF over the way that um, people were qualified for some of the championships. Um, which it seems like some of that has changed. Um, but now like I'm not focused on that stuff. So I, I really don't care how they do it. You know, I'm just there to show up, fish, have fun, talk to people. Like I said earlier, you know, like I saw a couple of my other like sponsorship teammates and, and things like that. Like, you know, me, dude, I love talking to people and, um, that's what it's all about for me is just getting out there mingling and, uh, shooting the breeze with some like-minded folks and uh, just having a good time, you know, but um, yeah, I mean, you know, that stuff going into it. So like, I really can't be mad about it. Right. Like, yeah, it's, it's laid out and it's in plain sight. Whereas I think a lot of people 
don't read into that stuff right and and i was one of those people um you know i would back in the end of 2019 i was kind of vocal about it on the podcast platform like you know i fished all these events and uh there was a guy that fished one event close to his house did well so therefore he qualified for the championship whereas i spent all this time money and energy to fish all these events and uh now i gotta give up some of my money that was held out of those prize pools going up for these championships for a dude that only fished one event like i felt kind of robbed but on the flip side of that right kbf's a business it's an organization it's a business they have to draw crowds so if that means like they have a lesser qualification to get into their events so they can go hey joe's fishing company like you should sponsor with us because we draw uh this many anglers to our events so be it like it's no brainer it's a business i agree with that so you know and it was in plain english writing like this is what it takes to qualify for this event and this is what it takes to qualify for this event and like i saw that so like i guess i didn't think about it till i was put in that position you know what i mean so i really have nothing i could actually complain about looking back on it like i've become older and wiser and you know more realistic to what what this whole thing is right yes i mean there's a lot of people and a lot of different things that do that where it's like in the moment they feel a certain way and then once they take time and think about it sure it's always oh well you know that was supposed to happen or i i mean (laughs) like you look at the national championship through kbf right and and chad has been super honest and upfront (laughs) with that it's a spectacle event right like that's why you see so many people uh, qualified to fish that event, right? Um, which is great, dude. It's it that's a great thing for our sport. When you can go, there's an event every year that draws anywhere between 300 and 700 anglers. That's that's huge, and the prize yeah. pools are huge, right? Um, whereas, um, you know, Hobie Toc that gets talked about a lot because that's like the best of the best battling it out and uh which is pretty true you know like that's a pretty prestigious event just like the 10 like you know the 10 you have to do good all year plus that national championship where you're competing against hundreds of anglers in order to make your way into that 10 house right um and it's the same thing on the on the Hobie TOC. You have to fish all year in order to qualify. One thing like I've thought about and looking at it, and I, I again haven't really dove deep into it, but I one thing I would have to guess, and and it's pretty true for before the new format for this year, like you know, because it was uh, your best three events, right? Like, yeah. well, mm-hmm. how many people actually fish three events in the Hobie series? Because you would see a lot of people fish one or two, and, that, and then that was basically it. And it seemed like the ones that actually fished three or more made it into that TOC. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and I could be wrong, too. Like I said, I haven't looked at the numbers or the, the scores or how many people entered all those tournaments, but 
you know, it's the same way with like KBF and the AOI, you know, like I know when I went hard at it, like, uh, I fished all but one event in the central trail division and, um, you know, ended up great with AOI points and, uh, angler of the year points overall throughout the you, you almost had rookie of the year too right uh i was year. i mean i was close that was uh that was the year that uh uh derek brundle won and he kind of came out of nowhere like nobody knew who derek brundle was like from the rest of the country they probably knew who he was in the northeast but it was like me sam jones derek brundle and uh there was a guy from california in that mix like I don't know. I was like fifth or sixth, you know, going towards rookie out of the rookies. I was ranked like fifth or sixth, I think. Um, so like that was close. And then I think I ended up like 36 or 37th overall out of the nation for AOI mm-hmm. points, you know? So like, but I fished a lot of events. And if you scroll through that AOI standings, like, you know, it shows like number of events and the scores that, you know count or whatever like once you get past 100 a lot of them only fished one maybe two events you know so yeah that's it's something to look at and consider in that aspect like if you're gonna go at it go hard fish as many events as possible and that's gonna give you better chances and now with hobie's changes like i think it's like what four out of the five events or five out of the six events count towards your aoi yeah, I haven't really looked into the Hobie one. Just I have no intention of fishing it. So, well, I I pay attention to this stuff because I'm yeah, in the yeah. kayak fishing industry, right? Like, and it, it's hard not to see it when you know people you follow on social media talk about it. But that I know they changed the format this year because there was a lot of complaints that it was only three out of out of five or three out of six scores counted towards your AOI. Um, and now they've changed it so you can only miss one event um, and then the rest of your scores for the season count towards AOI. It's going to make it a lot tougher. It's going to yeah. make, you know, the, that division line a lot harder to get it's, into. It's and, also going to make it worth it worth it more for the guys who are out there grinding every single exactly, tournament. Exactly. The guys that are going from, from event to event to event. Now, the unfortunate thing of that is, is like in, in Hobie's kind of been looked at as like this prestige, uh, prestigious trail, which I totally agree with, man. They, again, AJ's done an awesome job. It's a high, higher entry fee tournament compared to like the KBF trail series. Um, uh, you know, so you really have to have the time and the money to put in to chase that you know what i mean to to make it into that toc to make it that aoy you know title um so it's going to make it tough in in what i think it's going to do it's going to force a lot of anglers to wake up and really look at the bigger picture and be looking at you know paid sponsorships how do i get those because like unless they're got some like six figure job with endless weeks of vacation or like in my old position on their own business, you know, with disposable income, like then they can go chase that. You know what I mean? So I think it's going to make it tough. Like people are going to have to decide like, 
do I take my family on a vacation this year or do I go chase down this little kayak fishing dream? You know? Yeah. So it'll, it'll, it'll be, uh, I'm curious to see how that all plays out this year, man. Uh, Cause I think some hearts are going to be broken, but you know, on the flip side, uh, I think it's an awesome thing for our sport because it's raising the bar. It's making people make that choice of like, do I have a shot at doing this? You know, it's also starting to become more of a professional thing versus a weekend angler thing for, yeah. for certain tournament totally. trails. Totally. Totally agree, man. <clears throat> um, yeah. I mean, especially with bass in the picture now and, and uh, you know, Hobie doing what they're doing. KBF has stepped up their game quite a bit as well. So, you know, it's uh, it's definitely raising the bar for the sport overall. I totally agree with that. Yeah, I mean, you're seeing almost, I mean, there's tons of these bass guys now who are fishing out of kayaks. Yeah, yeah. I seen yeah. Uh, just a couple weeks ago, Brandon Polinick yeah. got the old town, you know, and talking about how it's different and how it changes his fishing and helps him with his elite series tournaments. Yeah. I mean, you've seen that man, like Dave Lefebvre won that event mm-hmm. up on Erie. Uh, Brian Latimer's always out in a, in a kayak, Mike Iconelli, yeah. you know, in a Hobie. Um, and he won that bass <laughs> event last year. So, and that, and he said that that win was one of the most meaningful things. Yeah. To him. And it's for that year, you know, like, he he requalified through the opens last year, but he said that bass win out of a kayak meant more to him. You know what I mean? Like that's pretty freaking huge, man. Um, when you got a a, a fishing superstar like Mike Iaconelli saying that, like that, yeah, that does someone who literally changed the sport. Yeah, that does yeah. great things for the sport. You know, so yeah, I know we got off topic there but it's great conversation either way yeah for sure and like (laughs) i I love diving into that like i know i spun that in a million different directions (laughs) but like you know it's that's you know again title of your podcast is mindset that's my mindset on all that stuff yeah that's how it all works this is this is how it's been Going yeah. the last few episodes, we start with one thing and we, but it's a, it's a good thing because it's great and, conversation and people need to hear it. Yeah, for sure, man. You know? and, that, and, and that's the thing. Like, I'm not saying my way is the right way, right? Like, everybody's got their own <clears throat> derivatives in what they want out of this. You know what I mean? They're the, the sport, the tournament, fishing, all that stuff. Like, I got friends, man. They're like, tournaments, like, what the hell is wrong with you, dude? Like Brad Hicks, you know, you go and try. Well, and Brad Hicks is full of shit too. Cause like he'll fish his local club events and do awesome. And then be like, yeah, I don't want to fish the championship, but I'm an AOI. Like he legitimately did that. And, yeah. and that was because like, I, I compare Brad to a punk rocker. He acts yeah. like he doesn't care, but he really does, yeah. you know, but, um, everybody's different dude everybody gets something different out of fishing kayak fishing competitive fishing like and that's the thing too like right uh i uh had a long conversation with uh jay randall i'm like you know going back to like what do i have to prove like my sponsors aren't gonna drop me because i'm not out there on the tournament trail yeah. they they sponsor me for other reasons and like 
you know that's the thing if you want to like make your way into the fishing community right and like or or, or the fishing world uh, you know business-wise career-wise things like that like you and i have had this conversation yep. you know you got to find your niche and you got to like dive in on that niche and put all your effort towards that instead of trying to spread it across the board you know what i mean so like that's the thing like i go out and fish tournaments now just for fun like back in 2019 i was trying to make a name for myself i was trying to make a name for this podcast and uh and it worked like look where we're at now compared to where paddle and finn was in beginning in 2019 you know like nobody knew about paddle and finn really so you know i had ulterior motives back in 2019 versus fast forward to 2022 I could care less if I won a championship. <laughs> I mean, I shouldn't say that. Like, if I if I won a tournament, like, dude, that would be one of the happiest days of my life. Don't get me wrong. Like, yeah, always, I mean, we all. I've always wanted to win an event. I've come close many times. Like, who cares if I win, though, right? Like, um, it is what it is. But yeah, I I see your point there, though, because it's like. You're doing it now for fun versus and, – and I feel like when you go out there doing it for fun, you sometimes actually end up doing better than if you take it too seriously. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Right, right. And that's just it, man. Like, it was so stressful in 2019, man. I was traveling by myself. I didn't know a lot of these road anglers. It's one of the, one of the loneliest things you could do, man. Right. Next to truck driving. Cause that's what you're basically doing. And, and like, see, like I, I come from my old man was a truck driver. He owned yeah, his own truck. So was mine. I, I've, I've been around truckers my entire life. Right. And, and that's the thing, dude, like you can ask my wife, like, <clears> I, <throat> I love being on the road. Like I'll drive. When I went to Kissimmee, I left work. I got up Tuesday morning at 5 a.m., loaded my truck, went to work, worked till 4.30 in the afternoon, drove straight through the night to get to to Kissimmee, Florida by 12.30. I took a one-hour nap in a rest area and, uh, like, might have slept a half hour of that. And uh, I was just so amped up and wanted to get out on the water and fish. You know what I mean? And, uh, you know... in 2019 like there was a stretch where i was on the road for like 14 days or something like that 15 i don't remember dude and i was all by myself i didn't know anybody at these events nothing and it it was super lonely and i told my wife like halfway through it i'm like i'm ready to come home like 
she's like what do you mean i'm like dude i wake up in the morning i go straight to the bolt ramp i fish till dark i come back i cook myself dinner and then like i'm here by myself and i'm talking to you and then i'm gonna go to bed and i'm gonna get up and do it all over again mm-hmm. and a good good friend of mine like that used to fish the walleye circuits you know he told me the same thing he's like you think i'm on vacation he's like fishing is work you know he's like you just go out fishing with me when we're out fishing for fun catching catching walleyes for food and you know cackling it up but you know in reality it's like a job and, and it really is and that was a huge working jobs man yeah it's <laughs> it's tough man like people are always like to me like fishing so hard ha 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 and i'm like dude have you ever gone and grounded out for fucking six days straight, like for a tournament? Like, go do it and then come back and tell me it's not work. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know. There's there's times last year and I didn't, I wasn't even out there six, seven days straight. You know, I'd get there Thursday morning, fish Thursday, Friday, tournament Saturday. By yeah. Sunday, I didn't want to see the kayak or anything, man. Yeah, exactly, dude. <laughs> like, yeah. but. I mean, that's the thing, right? Like, you can't overdo it because then, like, it, it, I mean, some people, it, it turns them off and it uh, and it drives them away from the sport. You know, when they try to dive in too heavy and, like, they think they know what they're in for, but they're not. And, and I'm not trying to steer anybody away from tournament fishing. I'm just saying, like, know what you're in for. <laughs> know that it's going to be a grind. It's not like going out with your buddy on the water on a Sunday, you know, and fishing all day. It's... Mm-hmm. When you do that sun up to sundown, you know, five days in a row, you feel like you've been thrown down a mountain. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah, and, I um, totally agree. Thrown down a mountain, <laughs> not only not only physically, but mentally. Mentally, right? Because yeah, you, you know how it is, man. Your your brain is constantly like, all right, I, you know, you're in fine fish mode. All right, I just fished this. So I shouldn't fish this type of stuff. And then I should go check this out. And I got to go check this out. Uh, maybe I need to change this bait or move to this bait or move to this point or do this or do that. Like it, it's, it's all of like, you got this lake. That's the big plan. Right. And, and the tournament is the big plan. Now you got to focus that in to a, a hundredth of that size to where, oh, yeah, you know, you're, all right, I got to find this type of water, use this type of bait to catch these types of fish, you know, so. Yeah, I know. I remember it being on that Wisconsin tournament last year. Two days of practice with one fish, and I was just, I yeah. didn't know what to do. <laughs> it's tough. It's tough, man. <laughs> like, it, you know, I. I remember, uh, I remember talking to you when I came in for check-in that, that Friday night. You're like, are you on him? I'm like, no. Like, <laughs> but see like i've had situations like that where i've had a horrible practice and then come tournament day you know i kind of put it together you know uh the night before tournament day and i'm like all right well i did catch a fish or two in these types of areas just got to go fish that tomorrow and it ended up okay i've had that tournament i think it was the last like kind of tournament that i took serious was that one in Wisconsin on Fox Lake, and I, f- I forget what that club is called. It's like Wisconsin Kayak Club or uh, Midwest Kayak. Bass Midwest fishing. Kayak English? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's yeah. what it is. Uh, Sunny, is it Sunny that runs that, or I'm not sure. They're out of Milwaukee or I Money. Think. Yeah, Money, right? Is the dude's name? Um, good group of guys, man. Uh, enjoyed fishing that event. Jacob Ruff up in Waukesha, like talked me into coming up and fishing it. I didn't know anything about the lake, never seen it before, never fished it before. I just showed up tournament morning and was like, all right. And, uh, you know, I talked to Jacob because he had been pre-fishing. He's like, just throw a black and blue jackhammer. You'll be all right. And I was like, okay, that's what I did. And <laughs> I caught caught some nice fish, caught some really nice pike too, and uh, and had a good time. And like I said, I think I fished like eighth or something like that, seventh. I don't know. Um, but it, it was a unique tournament. Never f- pre-fished or nothing. Just showed up at the ramp looked at navionics and was like all right i'm gonna go fish this you know and it worked out and again i've driven 18 and a half hours and went and fished a buttload of water and thought i had it dialed in and only caught one fish tournament day kissemi you know so you know it's one of those things dude like it's not always going to go your way you just gotta kind of cross your fingers and toes and hope it does (laughs) yeah yeah. Definitely, because I remember, like, I, I had one fish in in Wisconsin going into tournament day, and uh, Titus was filming at the boat dock, and he's like, "How do you think you're gonna do today?" And I was like, "I don't know." He's like, "Well, what are you gonna do?" I said, "I see lily pads. I got a frog. I'm just gonna figure it out." Yeah, like, <laughs> I ended up catching three. I had the, I should have had a limit. It was my fault why I lost the other fish, but I ended up catching four that day. Yeah. I should have had a limit. <clears throat> that just goes to show, like, you know, it, even if your practice is tough, like, you can still pull out a nice bag yeah. tournament day. Like, <clears throat> you, you know, that's the thing. Like, pre-fishing to me isn't, like, necessarily finding fish. It's eliminating water to fish. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, if you can eliminate <laughs> all that water... And then all you have left is this little chunk over here. Well, guess what? That little chunk should hold those fish. So I'm going there tomorrow. And, you know, sure enough, you pull out a bag. Yeah. So it's it's cool, man. I dig that. I dig it when it it happens that way. I know, like, it sounds kind of stupid, but, like, and I'm usually... I'm usually sh- in the moment. Yeah, I'm usually <laughs> stressing out, shitting my pants. Like, what the hell did I get myself in for? And then come tournament day, you're like, damn i'm glad i came here yep. see i'm the man i figured it out you know <laughs> like but it's uh it's one of those things dude it, and and i've had the opposite right i've gone pre-fishing and it was actually on madison chain gone pre-fishing and like was catching fish hand over fist and i'm like i need to get out of here like this is going to be my spot for tournament day and went back there tournament day and just smashed him and and had an awesome finish you know yeah so i mean i've had to go always you know and um it i mean you just can't give up that's that's the biggest key unless you want to save a vacation day (laughs) (laughs) yeah i definitely agree there and like that's that's what i say i just go especially on those bad practice days you gotta go out and just have fun with it yeah yeah i mean it's that saying right like a bad day on the water beats a good day at the office right you got to be grateful for being out there on the water just enjoying what you love to do you know whereas there was points in time where i used to just stress out about like 
I'm not catching fish. Like, you know, did I lose my touch? Am I a horrible fisherman? Like, no, you can't think that way, man. You know, you just got to go at it. Like I I said in the last show we did, dude, like I'm a huge head case and like that's my biggest problem. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I feel like for me, like with my very first ever tournament a couple years ago was, you know, I could go out on the kayak or anything, catch a bunch of fish, just having fun. And then when it came to that tournament, I completely lost control. Like I said, I think on the very first Mindset podcast, where I ended up catching zero because it gets in your head. Yeah. That yeah. It's a tournament. It's for money. It's this, it's that. Yeah. You, your brain shuts down and you forget <laughs> yeah. how to fish. You're not fishing. Yeah. You're, like, thinking about, like, well, I need to get my entry fee back or, like, you know, I'm not going to be able to eat. I'm going to be eating ramen all week because I just paid an entry fee to get into this tournament. You know what I mean? Like, I get that for sure. Yeah, it's it's a totally different viewpoint versus just going out and fun fishing. This this is. I'm, I'm going to throw a question at you because uh, right. Jimmy and I talked about it like a little bit. What's your uh, what's your favorite like lunchtime like snack or sandwich you like to have like while you're on the road pre-fishing or during the tournament for me i don't i don't eat while i'm fishing not at all like what if you're pre-fishing in like moving spots you like making a sandwich i I won't make a sandwich i would what i did last year was i would get off the water i would kind of plan a time like i'm gonna get off at 11 12 go get something to eat and then get back on the water in a different spot and fish that that was for me, but when it came to tournament day, I was kind of just focused. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And... Um, I, well, Jimmy was a uh, turkey sandwich. I was peanut butter and jelly. Yeah, I see. And I would do the peanut butter and jelly. Jimmy, like, that's one thing. Strawberry, or, strawberry or grape jelly? That'd probably be strawberry. That's my man. That's yeah. my man. Because Jimmy was like, dude, what the hell's wrong with you? You've had like four peanut butter and jelly sandwiches a day every day and i'm like dude the only time i eat pb and j is when i'm on the road fishing <laughs> mm-hmm. well it's inexpensive yeah exactly and and it's technically somewhat healthy for you it's giving you the the protein and the carbs from the peanut butter right so, right <laughs> i know gerald swindle talks about that a lot he stops fishing no matter what what uh tournament wise or anything he'll stop fishing midday eat his peanut butter and jelly sandwich (laughs) well like everybody's got like these uh these uh goofy like things that they do on the water like alan reed um he uh used to get the like five pack of hostess like chocolate covered donuts yeah and he would stick them in his kayak but he wasn't allowed to eat them till he got his limit of fish and once he got his limit of fish he would stop fishing and eat his donuts yeah, I would so, have been in trouble last year. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I I've done that a couple times with them, and that was always fun and cool. Mm. So. Yeah, everybody has their thing. I think this year though, I want to focus more on you know, making sure I'm hydrated, making sure I, I am eating something, because I feel like towards the end of the day, I'm completely drained. And I yep. feel like that's part of it. It's huge, man. It, it's <clears throat> definitely huge, and uh, I mean, we can go down a whole rabbit hole with that. But oh, yeah, I, <laughs> I, I totally agree. 
totally agree. Like I always try to like pack some jerky or something. I always have water on the kayak to drink and I always probably have two thermoses of coffee, which isn't the best thing in the world, but like, you know, um, it's, it's good to have something to snack on, especially when you're doing those all day, all day, like pre-fishing runs. Oh yeah, for sure. I agree with that. Um, I've been going on for an hour. I Damn know it. you've had a busy day. Yeah, dude, this is uh, <laughs> this is podcast number two tonight. Yeah, and podcast number four for the week. Yeah. <laughs> so, among uh, other things. But, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, final thoughts. Um, I would say, what would you give to the angler who struggles in a tournament like you did this past past tournament? What would you say is the best way to move on and move forward from that? Just, uh, I mean, the biggest thing, man, is uh, don't let it get to you. Everybody's going to have a bad event. Just look forward to the next one and, and, and reflect back on, like, what happened at that event. Was it something out of your control? Like, for instance, for me, this past event, like, <clears throat> I contribute my failures to the wind. Right. Like, so what I should have been focusing on, because we all knew the the wind was going to be crazy and the weather was going to be crazy. I should have found more protected spots during pre-fishing to fish during the tournament, I think is, is one thing. Right. So like kind of learn my lesson from that. And, and I'm usually one that tries to find three spots. And unfortunately all my spots were affected by the wind. Right. Which was kind of dumb on my part. And I realize that, and it is what it is. But, um, and, and sometimes that that stuff is out of your control. Like you're gonna find this hole that like holds these huge fish, and then you have these winds, like we did down there, and you're not gonna be able to get to that spot. So always have a backup plan. Learn from what you did, and know that like everybody has a bad tournament. Like when I was just scrolling through the standings, right. To make sure that like they didn't double enter my fish because I was about to message them and be like, yo, this is wrong. Like as much as I'd like the extra (laughs) AOI points, like this is wrong. But like I looked at, uh, when I was scrolling through, I noticed Gene Jensen only caught three fish. I think Jody queen only had like one or two fish and Jody does awesome at that tournament every year. So like even the best struggle, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there's also some anglers on that scoreboard or leaderboard that struggled. You know, it sometimes it's not just you. You know, like you have these tournaments where you're bad and you have guys that will come down and just crush them anyways. Like, that's going to happen. Know it's going to happen. Don't beat yourself up about it. Learn from your mistakes. And, and, and that's the thing, right? Like, I've always talked about, like, I learn at least one new thing every single trip out on the water. And I agree with that statement. And, and at least one thing, right? And like yeah. you should do the same with um, your tournaments, right? Like tournaments are a different animal. It's not just going out and fun fishing. Learn something new from that tournament, like having a backup spot have an extra bait or having two rods rigged up with the same bait, you know, like things like that. Like you're going to learn, just learn from your mistakes. Just brush the dust off your shoulders, get up and keep going at it. You know, like it, 
it can only get better, you know? And, and when you <coughs> listen to these podcasts, like I've done numerous, I don't even know how many podcasts now. Right. But like a lot of them, I've talked to some of the best anglers in the country, let alone the world and their biggest, uh, contribution to their success is time on the water so just get out there fish and put your time in and and figure out those fish how they eat how they live where they live and all that good stuff and just keep grinding it out and you will get there yeah i mean that's that's uh one thing i talked about in the last podcast i did was you know time on the water and figuring the fish out is more important than anything that you can buy yeah. As far as gear, uh, you know, electronics, boats. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah. Heck yeah, man. Like, that's the thing. Like, look at perfect example, Drew Gregory. He tries. Yeah. I, I talked to him on the phone today. And like, when I got into this game, I idolized Drew. Now, the dude calls me on the phone out of the blue. And I'm like, Drew Gregory's gone. Okay. But he's one of the most simplistic guys when it comes to tournament fishing. Most of the time, he's grabbing a light boat, a paddle, two or three rods, and a few baits. And he's going out and just absolutely crushing the competition. You know, like you don't need the latest and greatest in order to win a tournament. Like we were just <laughs> talking about on the OG show, you know, like, do you need live scope or, or 360 view from hummingbird, things like that in order to be successful? No, absolutely not. Look at Drew. Guy never fishes with electronics usually anyways. He's usually in some backwater skinny creek that he had to, like, you know, jump off a cliff and throw his kayak <laughs> off of to get down to the water and, like, found the fish. Like, you know, it, it, it. everybody's got a different style of fishing. Just, again, focus on your strengths, go after it, and get her done, you know. Absolutely. We'll end it on that. Hell, yeah. I appreciate you joining me, especially Anytime, as late as it is tonight. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, we'll end it here. I appreciate everyone watching and listening. And remember to sign up for the – it's the Fantasy Fishing on the Paddle and Fin Network, right? Yep. You can go to paddle paddleandfin.com forward slash fantasy. All the rules, the infos there, the link to sign up. Uh, some cool prizes given away the season split into four quarters. So, you know, and, uh, the overall season. So, um, you know, you got a chance every few events to win some cool stuff. And, uh, it's brought to you by the good folks at Pelican. And then, uh, you know, like Chris said before, uh, get signed up for the Dale hollow event. All the info for that will be in the show notes down below. And, uh, you know, we hope to see a bunch of folks down there. Uh, had a great turnout last year. Everybody had an amazing time. We're continuing to uh, host that event down there at Eastport Marina on beautiful Dale Hollow Lake. 
and uh yeah looking forward to uh seeing everybody down there a lot of our hosts are going to be there i know chris said he's going to be there i'm going to be there and uh, a lot of the rest of the crew so it should be a good time yeah i'm looking forward to it man looking yeah. forward to open water yeah buddy <laughs> yeah yeah buddy all right man in the meantime we'll stick to the hard water my man have a good night see you thanks for tuning in to another killer episode on paddle and fin don't forget to go check out our website at paddle the letter n and fin.com don't forget to check out the youtube channel at paddle and fin if you got a question comment want to hear from a future guest on a future episode feel free to email us at paddle the letter n and fin at gmail.com don't forget to follow us on social media at paddle and fin on facebook and instagram shout out to our show supporters angler gangler button and app just makes for a better time on the water and creates a virtual logbook for every fishing outing out on the water shout out to rocktown adventures located in northern illinois for all your kayaking camping and hiking needs shout out to Jigmasters jigs when in doubt get the jig out go to jigmasters.com Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue, brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors. Every Monday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. I'm Will Cooper, host of HuntStand's Make Your Mark podcast. For even more content, be sure to watch the original films from HuntStand Presents on the Waypoint TV channel every Tuesday at 10 p.m. Eastern. Visit waypointtv.com to learn more.